0: Log Talk Radio. Good evening everyone and welcome to the 581st edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you America perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team, and other fabulous moments. Get your daily reading from me and other writers over at Red Bull News Network. But as always, this, ga- this uh, show uh, is basically based on the American game. Chat room is open. Come on in, discuss amongst yourselves if you like. If you have a question for me, I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. As we all know, as we all know, hate and racism does not belong in the game of football, football, soccer. Yes, we will get to the Dante Von Zier, Gerhard Struber situation that involved... Uh, the match between the Red Bulls and the San Jose Earthquakes about a week plus ago. We'll get to that later on in the show. This intro monologue, we'll be discussing about what happens when you are a nation and you are designated to host a Youth World Cup tournament and you... As the host nation, not only do you get the perks of having the best youth players who have qualified throughout the entire world come to your country to learn about your culture and at the same time perform at the youth level's highest tournament, that is not the Olympics. And what Indonesia has done, what they have done, because of their political motives, and yes, racist uh, moments, racist beliefs, they lost the right to host the Under-20 World Cup that will still continue on this coming May 20th. For FIFA. But it will be played in Argentina instead of Indonesia. And why did Indonesia lose the rights to be the host nation and to host the under-20 World Cup for 2023? They, my friends, are anti-Semitic. Israel qualified through UEFA's under-20 tournament to reach the FIFA Under-20 World Cup. Out of nowhere, Indonesia, the government of Indonesia, maybe even the Indonesian Football Federation was involved as well, informed FIFA to remove Israel from the list of teams who have qualified for the FIFA Under-20 World Cup because of the ongoing issues between them and some of the Palestinians that are trying to not have peace with Israel. And what FIFA did was absolutely correct. Politics and football should never mix. Period. Sports And politics should never mix, period. That is how I have always felt no matter what the situation is. Stadiums to the grounds to get away from the political nonsense and we come to support our players and act as one. We may have different views, but when we are inside the grounds for 90 minutes, just like those players are performing for us and for themselves, whatever political arguments you may have have thrown out the window. And so Argentina designated and awarded the hosting rights for the FIFA Under-20 World Cup. Good for them. Now, you may think I'm going to be a little bit different on this, and maybe you're going to think, "Well, why are you thinking this way?" But once again, this is just my thoughts. And my thoughts of the situation was, I have no problem with FIFA removing the hosting rights and kicking Indonesia out. ...of the FIFA Under-20 World Cup. I have no problem with that. Maybe I would be a little bit more lenient. Maybe... ...I'd like to think... ...Indonesia... ...granted... ...loses the ability to host... ...the Under-20 World Cup. But... ...I would have given... ...one of the 23 other nations... ...who have qualified... For the under-20 World Cup, the opportunity to host this under-20 World Cup instead of Argentina, who did not qualify. Now, don't get me wrong. Argentina did not, you know, they they got the bid, they got it, they deserved it. That's fine. But when has the United States ever hosted an under-20 World Cup? Obviously, they've hosted an Olympics when, back in the day, the Summer Games in 1984 were in Los Angeles. They've qualified for multiple Olympics. But when have we seen the United States host an under-20 or an under-17 World Cup? If you want to say that maybe Indonesia loses their hosting abilities but still performs in the tournament, okay, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that. That would be fine. So far, I would have also said, how about whoever qualifies for the tournament has the ability to host it. If you go to my show, episode 419 of the 4 and Fire American Soccer Show, I had on writers and bloggers and podcasters representing the state of Texas. Of course, you all remember John Jagu, who at the time helped me with uh, Liga MX in the CONCACAF Champions League, Mexico in CONCACAF Gold Cup, World Cup, World Cup qualifying post-game shows. The best way to have an under-20 World Cup and don't get me wrong; it would be great to fly all over the country, but a centralized area of this of our great nation. Because, as you know, as of right now, we have Toyota Stadium, Toyota Field. We have Toyota um, H E B Stadium, the Q2, a former stadium at a F1 racetrack in Austin. Shell Energy Stadium in Houston. The furthest town away from the main hubs of cities in Texas, meaning outside of Dallas, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, is Edinburgh. You have plethora of stadiums made for the game in the U.S. And if you want, you could still host the final championship final at the famed Cotton Bowl in downtown Dallas. The longest bus ride, as I've said, is to HE.B. Park in Edinburgh, Texas the home of the Rio Grande Valley Toros of USL Championship. Toyota Field in San Antonio of San Antonio FC. Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas, outside of Dallas for FC Dallas. Shell Energy Stadium in downtown Houston, Texas. In my mind, in my mind, I think that would be the best way to go. It's not far away between the four major cities in the state of Texas. And at the same time, in Edinburgh, that is the only city far away that gives a bit of a distance to the rest of the metropolitan cities in the state of Texas. So, yeah, I wanted the uh, I wanted us to host uh, the under-20 World Cup. I wanted us to be the ones to say, you know what, U.S. Soccer will take the flag, and they are the ones that are going to lead this way to bring the Under-20 World Cup to our country. But unfortunately, the bidding process for a new host finally happened. Kill my wife after what she did, just now. But other than that, as I've already said, Argentina, they have won the bidding process. They will be the hosts of the Under-20 World Cup. Obviously, they won the World Cup in Qatar this past November, December. But as always, I would like to think, I would like to think that one of those teams who have qualified through their under-20 tournaments in their respective confederations should have been given the opportunity to host the under-20 World Cup since Indonesia lost the ability through their anti-Semitic politics, <coughs> excuse me, to Israel, or try to do to Israel, who legally qualified for this tournament. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got a great show for you tonight. I'll have Mr. Gary Redman on, my Rebel News Network uh, colleague, later on to talk about the whole Dante Von Zier situation, but first things first, the uh, recorded interview with the owner of Club de Leon in Orlando, Florida, Mr. Fabian Porrain. Daniel Feuerstein here. This is the American Soccer Show, as we now discuss with my first guest, a gentleman uh, who is beginning with his club in the professional rankings of American soccer, as they have been an amateur side for a very long time, and a, of course, A big moment for this club when they were involved in the U.S. Open Cup. This is the owner of Club de Leon in Florida, in the Orlando area, Mr. Fabian Porain. Mr. Porain, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very happy for the invitation.
0: Well, I'm glad you were able to accept it. You know... That was a valiant effort by your club in the second round of the U.S. Open Cup, because obviously, you qualified as an amateur side to begin the opening round, and then once your team was allowed to become a professional side in Nyssa, uh, that gave you the opportunity to have a two-team as the amateur team, but unfortunately... Those players were eliminated in the first round, and sadly, they could not compete with the main clubs due to being cup-tied.
1: Yes, that, that is correct. Uh, we made a big effort uh, last season uh, with the amateur team that exactly today, exactly, we have uh, one hour that we played together our first amateur game in Nisa Nation. So after after play all the preliminary games for the open cup and win all the games, uh we take in parallel the decision to become professional. Uh so when we become professional we understood that we we have to move part of our our amateur players, the seventy percent of them to the professional team. But the problem with the open cap is that we move a lot of amateur players to become professional and then become cap So we have to put new amateur players, eight, in the amateur team, and we log, and we cannot move forward, and we cannot use those players, amateurs, that become professional with the professional team. We have to use new players. So we are a team that developed players. If you see in our first three games, we put 24 amateur players as but with a new team, like our third team in level of, of soccer, we went to, to San Antonio to play our first Open Cup professional game.
0: I have to say, uh, watching the match between your side on the road against the San Antonio FC, uh, a very, very valiant effort and wonderful to see. Unfortunately, not able to move on and not enough players to sub in or sub out, uh, but as I've said already, a very valiant effort by your club and by your players. I know. They did you proud, they did the club proud, and they did their community proud for what they accomplished.
1: Yes, it's true. Uh, Our family, because we tell that our our club is a family, our family is so proud and happy about it. Those kids, our kids, young kids, 11 of them, because we we don't have the, the chance, we have 40 players, but uh... thirty of them was captured or captured in another team so they they went to san antonio uh... in order to, to put in the field the best the best and try to play at the same level of course san antonio is a great team they have great players great academy uh... resources so for for us this experience that first of all that game was supposed to play in florida but you know then the open cap uh, administrators changed, switched the game to San Antonio, so that was another challenge. Fly in the last minute because we know what player was uh, accepted to play the day before, so make all the arrangements, put the team on the, on, the, on the plane, and go to San Antonio. But at the end of the day, we was close. We was close, but the, the most important is that we are growing, we are having experience, We are understanding the rules, and and we have a a great challenge. That I I think that I don't care what was the result, but uh, we become we we become stronger.
0: Yes, you did, and hopefully you will carry that on in your very first uh, season with uh, NISA as they are in the professional levels of American soccer in Division III. Uh, for those of us that are not aware of your club, how long has the club been in service, uh, not just in Florida, but you know, a- as a club period, whether it be you know, in the amateur ranks or semi-professional ranks?
1: Uh, we started playing in April 2022. Uh, the club was uh, funded by my wife and myself. Uh, we we have a long, a long time years involving in sport activities. So we started with the club here in Florida, and we give the chance to many to many immigrant players uh, to play in the team. I am immigrant also. So we start Nisa Nation because from the first moment we understand that in the future we want to become professional, and we understood that the Nisa Nation platform was uh, the best choice in order to uh, to start understanding uh, what is the level of commitment of the um, and the challenge for a club to become professional. So we received. We receive uh, many help from from NISA in, in in that moment, in every moment. So we start playing. We 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 won the NISA nation. Then we played the uh, the Southeast uh, region uh, in order to qualify to play the independent Cup. Uh, we won the throne. and we played Chattanooga uh, in July of 2022 for the Open Cup. Uh we were we was beating Chattanooga two one but in the last in the last ten, twelve minutes uh we lost we lost the game. We understand that this is the difference between the that pro level and the amateur that that we had. So after that we we start playing the the open cup matches and, and you know the the rest of the history, but in Florida we had uh until the last open cup game, forty games uh and beat it. Uh, we have the chance to play in January against the Hertha Berlin with the same player that you know that we start playing as an amateur. And we lost 3-0 with Hertha Berlin, with all the professionals that you see that they have. So, uh, the most important for us is, is try to try to let the players know that impossible is nothing. So the challenge is is, is big, uh, but uh, we we have commitment with them, uh, and we don't care, uh, and we are not looking for uh, immediate uh, results, you know? This is a process. We are uh, soccer players, developers, uh, so, development of the player required a time, and this is the time that we are taking with our players. So right now, our team, 24 amateurs players that don't have the chance in any professional team in Florida, become professional, and that is, that is uh, the, the, the most important thing, the human thing.
0: How happy are you to be moved up so quickly to the professional levels of the sport here in this country? As you basically got started off in the amateur status? Um,
1: so, I understand that uh, there, there is two complete different things, but I am not happy about the rules, but I am happy about uh, about how the teams be, uh, become true, you know, because, from the beginning, uh, we promised the player that we will move to professional. And when, be- when we become professional, that was a, a, a big uh, emotion. We are completely happy about it. After that, we understand that for one or another reason, we have challenges with the player, challenges with uh, the federation, different problems that we have to solve in a very short time. Of course, that that situation don't 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 make me happy because we we don't have any support uh from the city of orlando from the institution of orlando from parks and recreation so uh many many problems because a new professional team was starting in central florida we we understood that uh many people don't like that any other project uh, start in Central Florida because too many, uh, too many associations have, um, you know, uh, some relationship with the big ones that we have here. So, for that reason, we have to move quickly to Daytona, and in Daytona, we receive all the support of the city of the people, and many fans, many fans from Orlando and Seminole County, uh, follow us in the trip. So. Uh, at this point, after the first the two games as a professional team, I understand that we are in, a, in, in, the, in the correct way. Uh, the other day we played our first professional game as a home team, and we have a, a, a very, very, very organized uh, team. We have a huge organization. Uh, the, the game... Uh, don't have any issues. So at this point, the most important for us is try, is try to, to become more professional as uh, people in the professional soccer But At the, at the day of today, I, I have to say that the balance is positive.
0: Obviously, you will be starting your professional season uh, at a home venue in Daytona, Florida. You'll be playing at Daytona Stadium. Uh, Obviously, not now, but will there be some time in the future uh, that you may have the finances to build your own stadium? Not saying it must be like Explora in downtown Orlando for Orlando City, but at least the capacity that fits your criteria to host your club.
1: Yes, that is a plan. That is a plan, the same, similar, but uh, more smaller plan than the one that Orlando City has. Obviously as a part of our plan, our club uh, is working with our attorneys uh to become a regional center from immigration uh so in order that we can receive investment from ev5 projects. so yes we are working on that you have very good information uh and this is a, a step that we are going to do in, in in a short future
0: that's wonderful to hear and i guess my final question is this how much riches of professional athletes, or at least of talented players uh, in the region of where you are in Central Florida. Obviously, we always talk about the players in South Florida, uh, New York, California, Texas, St. Louis. What makes Central Florida such a rich amount of talented players that you can select to bring to your club and to perform at such a high level?
1: Um, yes, uh, Florida. I, I am surprised about Florida. You know, uh, when I started the project, I didn't believe that the quality of of players that Florida has. But um, the thing is, Florida is we have many immigrants and many immigrants that at the day of today, too many of them have the the correct documents to play as professionals. So. Uh, is different because you know in our culture uh, the Latin American players uh, have some uh, expertise from kids growing with a ball, growing with the soccer and we understand here that we try to put together too many players that have that have these uh, qualities, that capacity to play soccer and we try to put them in our in our development program try like to teach them uh, how to play soccer in the, in the modern soccer uh, world and using different kind of uh, systems um, teaching them with professional coaches uh, with professional trainers so we are so happy to see how our Florida players are playing at the same level that another player in the United States. And I understand that for the rest of the year, we are waiting that NISA approve uh, most players that we have that at this time are players that are waiting for asylum, that have if one visa, some different things. And tomorrow we will have a meeting in the Board of Governments that we will move forward in order to open NISA for all those players. So in order, I understand that if we open in the third level the league to those players, the level of the league will grow. So, and we had to the, to the United States players uh, to understand that it's a challenge. And I understand that when you compete in a higher level, everybody will be successful.
0: This is the owner of Club de Leon, Fabian Porrain. Fabian, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. Good luck with the rest of the season. Good luck next season with the Open Cup. You should be able to compete automatically as a professional team in 2024. Uh, thank you for your time, and I hope you have a very good evening.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: And once again, that was Fabian Porrain. He is the owner of uh, Club De Leon, is Nissa, And uh, it was a wonderful uh, moment to interview that man, of course. Uh, kudos to their club. Unfortunately, not enough players uh, for their Open Cup match against San Antonio. They were able to have a starting 11, just unfortunately not enough to get subs in. They played valiantly. They almost had an upset, but unfortunately, it was not meant to be. My next guest of course, he's my colleague at Red Bull News Network covering the New York Rebels. It is the one and only Gary Redmond. He is also the moderator and host of the New York Rebels Discussion Group podcast as well as the New York Rebels Discussion Group on Facebook. Gary, welcome back. Uh, to my show, even though it's only been two weeks that we've seen each other. Um, if if I can really, you know, we always like to have a, a, a solid man-to-man conversation when it comes to this game, whether it be in the New York, New Jersey area, or in the entire country. And when you and I were in the press box at Red Bull Arena, we saw a moment where I'll be honest with you, I never thought it would be that conversation to talk about what was said. I thought apparently it was something to do involving the the two footed tackle of Judson against Dylan Nealis. I thought there somebody must have said something uh, I would say, you know, annoying, not to the level where we now know what happened. And when that moment happened And when you found out about that moment The same time I found out about it As it went throughout social media During the game and of course after the game What were your thoughts When you found out that Something heinous was actually said
2: Well the first thing that came up to my mind Was the taxi Fuente situation with DC United um, And You know it There was a lot of kerfuffle, but at the end, nobody was suspended because they couldn't verify exactly what was said. That was the first thing that came to my mind, so I was thinking, okay, he said something something was either heard or overheard, and um, all heck broke loose the The next thing that I noticed was the the referee telling um, head coach Gerhard Struber what uh, what had transpired, and he elected to leave uh, Vanceer onto the field, which to the San Jose Earthquake players and coachings and staff, they were pretty much aghast of the whole thing. Uh, they were wondering, well, what are you waiting for? You heard what was said, take the guy off the field. And it was at one point from what I was told by one of the beat writers in the San Jose press, that day, the players was elected to literally walk off the field in protest. That's how things literally began to unravel, um, you know, almost to the point where we were all trapped in a very surreal and crazy situation. There was a lot of conjecture, a lot of um, words being bandied about that he said the N-word, and it turns out he did not say that word Um to this very day, we do not know what exactly was said. Uh, All in all, um, it was just, it turned into one of the most worst PR nightmares that New York Red Bulls, uh, the New York Red Bulls have ever faced. I have spoken to some of the members of the front office. They are not very pleased. Um, They're very angry what's going on. You know what happened with the supporters. Um, they were so incensed by the result of the suspension of six games that they decided to walk out shortly after the national anthem in the game versus Houston um Van Zier and Struber made their statements and to most of the folks in the, their falling ears if you know fell hollow and then we wrap up the week with uh Struber mistakenly um men you know uh when trying to convey his feelings of the entire event mistakenly mentioned words like white boy and black boy in the same sentence um where there were some folks in color in the audience in the press box just an absolute dumpster fire of a week if you are a fan for the New York Red Bulls this is something that you never thought in a million years that this would transpire. And once upon a time, people greeted Van Zier as a conquering hero at the airport, hoping that he can change the fortunes and build something you know, positive uh, for a club and the fan base that's been starving for any amount of glory in the last 27 years of major league soccer.
0: And that's to the point where we're at right now, as we already said the supporters have walked out at the start of the uh match against the Houston Dynamo this past Saturday. Um they were not happy with the amount of suspension even though that no suspension nah. also includes no Yep. uh no uh no open cup, no uh friendlies if there were any club friendlies to be uh, given and uh, no MLS Pro next, no MLS next pro, I should say. No, um, he's in a
2: box. That's basically where he is right yep. now. He's sitting in the box and he's not doing anything. Um, they, the league even took his paycheck, <laughs> basically. Um, so I, I was honestly, I was hoping for maybe ten games. Um, some people were, were thinking maybe a league, um, uh, you know, maybe you know, gone for the year. Uh, a season, you know, suspension. Um, while I don't think that's exactly harsh, I think it is pretty much prudent. But what has really gotten the fans' ire is the fact that Struber is still employed by the club. Um, you're talking about uh, a head coach that has um, a team essentially with one win after eight games. And while there are some brilliant there are some flashes of brilliance um where the team looks like they got themselves together but at the end of the final whistle all they can manage at this point is either a loss or draw um where the the tension has really you know jumped up fivefold. where every game um the every game is like okay um is this the last match we're going to see uh, with Struber at the helm? Um, from various reports that I, people I spoke to, Struber's on a very short leash um, from this point out. Um, the team better start racking wins. Um, they better start racking results. As you know, this is a results-based business. And if nothing is situated in the positive, you're going to have a very short career Um, with major league soccer Um, it's all up to him now uh, whether or not that he is going to go out in a blaze of glory or is he going to do the walk of shame
0: Um, I think you and I know what the fans are chanting for and are begging for right now because we see it not only they're (laughs) screaming oh screaming's being kind I think they're shrieking uh, they want they want Struber out completely. Um, I think that results, as you have already said, of course, this is a results based business. Um, I think that's the only way he's going to get kicked off. I don't think this will be. Look, should it be a stackable offense for what he did or what you know he did not perceive what he thought he heard or whatever you want to say. Um, according to him, I'm, he, I'm still kind he, of... he
2: did what he thought it was in the best interest of the team um, and yes. to the player. According to him, um, others, of course, naturally did not see it that way. Um, the The ref, the referee, um, you know, give credit to what he did. He helped diffuse the situation by putting a you know a lengthy. Um, timeout on the field. There's no timeout in soccer, but he, he suspended play nope. just long enough for everyone to cool their, to cool their heads. And ironically, it was just enough for them to get the, um, the equal as a goal. And then in, 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 in um, uh, latent in, deep in stoppage time. So um, it kind of worked out um, at the end, but all in all, it was just a crazed wild absolutely insanity um night for soccer versus san jose one that we're probably never going to forget for a very long time the only question now mm-hmm. becomes what now what's next what is the red Bulls, exactly the, i'm talking about the organization is going to do from here um you have a deep hole to dig out of like it or not um your most expensive signing has now become a, you know, a very expensive paperweight. You can't get rid of him, even if you wanted to. Um, the only thing you can do at this point is promote the team that you have. And the team that you have, fortunately enough, except for a few veterans and some known names, they don't even make above the fold <laughs> on a good day so you it, it there is a silver lining to this that um the team isn't irrelevant in the metropolitan new york area meaning you don't even get their final scores in any sort of medium outside of you and i okay uh, writing for the team um right now stanley cup playoffs is large in charts you got three of the local teams all in it and trust me even NYCFC is now pushed in the back burner. So, in a sense, the Red Bulls are very fortunate that they're not – their profile isn't high enough for them to garner um, front-page you know, front page, uh, news. Can you imagine this on the front page of the New York Times or the New York Post or even the Daily News? Of course. News? It would have been – But, of it, course, it, I it, could. The, the team would, in a perfect the team world. would have to yeah, – the team would have to sell us <laughs> at that point. Um, so yeah. there's that. Um, what the Red Bulls, the organization has um, the luxury of is time because of that. They can able to plot ahead and go to long game and see what they can do. Um, my best guess is if they're not going to jettison them by the summer transfer window, they're not going to find a buyer. Um, Because he's done this sort of nonsense before he was suspended from the club that he came from, and that jettison and that caused that team um, to lose, you know, lose chance of winning a title um, at that point. So this is not his first rodeo, unfortunately, but
0: and, a, yep. and apparently, praised, an ex girlfriend also commented on that situation as well. And
2: I mean, weighed in heavily. The came out of his way saying the dude needs to get help. <laughs> I mean, it's bad for this kid. It's bad, and I, you know, um, I, you know, I do feel for him in a sense because he's definitely in the whirlwind. But you know what they say when you stare at the abyss sometimes you find yourself staring right back at you and then you make your move and try to be positive. The only way he's going to get above this is he's going to have to ball out. He doesn't yep. have a choice now. He's going to have to ball no. out. And when I mean ball out, I mean, when he practically, you know, on Twitter telling everyone to quote unquote, uh, get your ass to the stadium. I replied to him and said, okay, I'll tell you what in the you know an exchange, I'll get my butt to the stadium one way or another, but I better see a goal of game from you. I'm mm-hmm. gonna hold him to that standard. Um if I mm-hmm. don't see at least a goal of game from him, Dan, toss him. I don't care how much exactly. Toss, toss him. We do have yeah. we have forwards that can we have serviceable forwards um that can get the job done. Okay. Corey Burke, he's no slouch. Okay. Um yeah. Uh, you know, e- Elias Manuel, he needs mm-hmm. to get going. Okay, um, yep. Everybody likes to pick on Barlow, Barlow, but the problem with Barlow, right? Problem with Barlow is you don't start him every day. I bet if you start him five games, he'll get a goal. This is what strikers do. Strikers have to get. Strikers are like hitters; they have to get into a rhythm. If they don't get into a rhythm, they're going to be cold as ice. Last, you know, and um, hopefully- uh, Saturday versus Houston. Mm-hmm. Burke came dangerously close to scoring goals. Okay, it just oh, so yes. happened, uh, you know, just it just so happened that Steve Clark uh was between the pipes, okay, was in behind the yep. net for Houston and he stood on his head up until the, yep. 99th, uh, the 90th minute where he came seconds away from walking out of there with a clean sheet.
0: And don't forget Serge Nagoma, once he's back off the injured list, that hopefully he'll be ready to go out and ball as well.
2: That's the other problem. I still
0: feel the red – yep, that's the other problem. That's the the other problem. Most of your
2: offensive players, Goma, you know, Morgan, Lewis, Mm -hmm. Lewis, they're all sitting on the bench with injuries. All of them. Lukinas as
1: well.
2: Lukinas as well. Lukinas is your quarterback. You know, you, you need him in the middle of the pitch to dish. He's not there right now or you have a, a, a midfield that's running rudderless right now. They're doing their thing. Mm-hmm. They're making their plays. Um, mm-hmm. But unless you have someone to connect the strings or connect the dots, you're going nowhere. Yep. Um, exactly. When was the last time we had a full squad healthy? That was like almost, I don't know. Um. First game, <laughs> yep. First game. <laughs> Almost two months in ago,
0: Orlando, in Orlando, yeah, versus
2: Orlando next, which they, they lost, they, and not by much.
0: Which they lost. Well, they well they lost based on a penalty, which of course I don't know uh, if that that's still considered a penalty or not, but whatever. Look, it's already over and done with. It's a loss of the season, um, but still, though, this is a situation where, you know, look, I, you know as well as I do, is that. Mm-hmm. When this situation popped up I think you know me very well. I wanted to be cautious here. I wanted to make sure that we
2: Right, cuz no one knew. Were no gonna one be knew outraged. what was said and what was going on. No one knew. Right.
0: No one knew and I wanted to make sure and I wanted to be clear that whatever Von Zier said it was, you know, what he actually said or something that came close to the word that you hate, that I hate, that we all hate, that should never be said at all to any African-born people, period. Mm -hmm. And Von Zier did because he admitted it. Um, Obviously, the, the PR statements were hollow, but at the same time, he admitted it, and he has also said he's taking an, uh, an app. He's stepping away from the team for a while to, you know, I guess uh, find a way to think of his actions of what he did, and you know, in, in this day and age, Gary, people are always like to jump the gun and accuse first before getting the facts second, and I think that's right. dangerously wrong. But at least, thankfully, the the situation was true. And even the San Jose Earthquakes media people and some uh, – um, I also believe the, the San Jose Earthquakes uh, PR people, the um, San Jose media, they posted the Zoom meeting after the match with uh, Jeremy obobasi who runs the uh, black players of MLS for Change. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Where he, even he said – he said the word, but he never aimed it at anybody. I don't know if that's, you know, a calming influence, but in my mind, I don't care if he did or didn't aim it. He still said it. And that is the problem right there.
2: Right. Right. I mean, this so is this is the sort is, of thing that all we can say at this point is wait and see uh, before, um, but the, you know, the league already um, – have made their have made their decision um, on the on the matter of the supporters. They made their decision on the matter. So I guess uh, although things have you know the picture has cleared up considerably since then, all eyes are still going to be on the New York Red Bulls on exactly what they need to do. Um, do they get rid of Van Zier and um, Van Zier and Struber and maybe that I guess all better unfortunately does not doesn't get anywhere close to that I mean you're going to lose your you're going to lose one striker one coach where you're going to replace them with I mean you spent five you know this this you know this you spend you know that much money the last time they spent this much money it just happened to be you know one of you know uh, uh, one of our Mexican players and he was the most hated Mexican player and it wound up on On the roster, so it it, it seems that um, this team finds a way to step in landmines uh, for some for some reason, and folks are wondering when do when does this organization and its fan base has their day in the sun? When do they turn the you know turn? That's my biggest concern right now because I'm seeing mistake after mistake, error after error, and it's making front page news and MLSsoccer.com and elsewhere. It's, it's time for a change. Um, Either for the people running the team, um, either for the people who owns the team, something, these fans need a break. They need a break from this nonsense or take a break, which is something I said on the podcast. I said, look, Why spend your hard-earned time and money on a franchise that is just stuck in the mud spinning its wheels? It's funny for entertainment purposes, but after a while, it's not funny anymore. You have to realize that there are other things better for you to do. Soccer can wait. And when they finally do get their act together, come on back. But for now, make your, you know, make your impact felt with your absence enough and that's exactly what um the supporters groups that got together and said okay in one voice we're, we're done with this now there are some people out there who might feel that their actions was a little um their actions were harsh how should I, what harsh i don't harsh. think so mm-hmm. um no no i some of them was comical some of them were being dramatic i don't think so um because it was you know, it was a culmination of a lot of this stuff. They held it back as much as they could. And they just said, you know, I- I'm done. I-, I don't know how much I can take anymore. Um, f- nerves were raw. Uh, people were numbed. But even still, the game that they attended on Saturday night versus Houston, the rest of the fans, except for the supporters who walked out, said, okay, we'll take it from here. And it was louder than it usually was. The fans were basically in it, and they were cheering their team on. Um, It almost felt like business as usual, give or take. But some fans wanted to come there just to watch the soccer. Cool for them. I mean, I'm sure that they were Mm -hmm. appalled and a part of what what was going on. But at the end of the day... We wanna we need soccer to take ourselves, you said in the beginning of the show, to get away from the nonsense, to get away from the political BS, to get away from the mm-hmm. negativity, to get away mm-hmm. from the you know the strife of every you know, of every day. We need sports as a distraction. So yes, Absolutely. it is a form of entertainment. Um for those fans, I have no qualms. I have no quarrel with them whatsoever. Oh, no, me neither. <clears throat> you know, me none neither. whatsoever. But for fans who have an emotional interest in this team and what they do on the pitch and out, it is a damaging psyche to be associated with something like this. Okay. Every single one of those, those uh, folks in the supporters of groups, many of them are considered my friends. They're all stepped in two feet at NYCFC when they were associated with the proud boys. Now, all of a sudden, they have a racist on their own. So, it, it, you know, you, you can't just stand, you know, lockstep saying, we're going to support our guy uh, when he's walking around with a you know, white hood on, <laughs> on his head. It doesn't work. It, it, it doesn't pass the smell test, folks. So I agree with the support. You know, as a matter of fact, I, you know, I applaud them. Um, but now that it's all said and done, what next? What are you going to do? Are you going to continue to stay home? Are you going to continue to, you know, to put on the pressure on the organization? Because you cannot just simply say we're going to do this for one game and then sweep this off and then a the business as usual next uh, home game where you're drinking beer, you're banging your drums and you're singing songs. What are you going to do? What At what point do you tell the very club that you spend your time, your money, and everything else, either home or in that this cannot stand? As I said in the podcast, slogans, speeches, statements do not mean a damn thing unless you back it up with action. And, it's not, mm-hmm. and it can't be just a one-off. Can't. No. You got to continue. No, can't. And they got, and they have, what uh, was the point?
0: Exactly. And I was going to say, you know, they got three, well, less than three weeks now until the next home match because they'll be on the road in Montreal this coming Saturday. And next Saturday, right. they'll be in Chicago before they come back home uh, against Philadelphia. So we'll see what happens. Uh, um, you know, Gary, when you and I were on the Zoom call for the, uh, for, you know, the match, before Houston. Gerhard Struber spoke to us. Captain Sean Nealis spoke to us. Right. I wrote something in Red Bull. I wrote a column on Red Bull News Network about that situation. And I had my one question. Where was Joachim Schneider? Shouldn't have he been on the Zoom call? Shouldn't Schneider, who is the director of sport who is above Dennis Hamlet, should he have been there as well, either next to Gerhard Struber? or at least be first before Struber started to talk.
1: You
2: know, this is just an, this is just once again, another indictment on the, the, the organization. Um, This is the part where you have a, you have a public relations crisis and cooler heads need to be up front saying, Hey, we got it under control. Um, everything is cool. Um, let us handle the grownups are in the room. I didn't see that. And I found that very disturbing, if not gravely disappointing. Okay. I was expecting, you know, not just Hamlet. I was not just, I was probably also expecting uh, Mark, the Grand to step in and go, okay, let's have a nice little heart to heart you know, with the, with the news media, I think it would have went a Mm -hmm. long way to cool, you know, to putting out any brush fires that was set by this nuclear bomb going off. Okay.
0: Exactly. Um, exactly.
2: I wouldn't expect the head coach Sure, We would need answers from him, but then you got a coach who unfortunately, um, flippantly disregarded with a lot of people were were, were you know wanting to get the um uh the player off the field so we understand his position i'm not saying it's right or wrong but he's the wrong spokesman to come in and say hey um i hear you we got an issue we got it under control we'll take care of it and answer any questions that may have see that would have been the prudent thing to do that didn't happen mm-hmm. Um, And so I was very disappointed in that. Um, Second, I'm not so certain what they could do under the circumstances, because remember what you and I both said, we have no idea what was said. And MLS, you know, MLS front office said, "Uh uh, we're taking over here. We got this, you know, we got it from here. You guys just keep quiet. Excuse me. Yeah, you guys keep quiet but we want to talk to the media and talk to our fans. Nope, you say nothing. It's an, it's an investigation, and you guys don't say jack. That's right. So when the league was under control, they immediately made the Red Bulls the bad guy, and there was nothing they could do. It was like watching your best friend get mugged with, with dudes in ski masks and baseball bats, and they, it's not a thing you can do about it. You can't save him. Can't rescue him. You don't. You can't even have his back. You just got to sit back and watch and let him take hits.
0: That's correct. That's absolutely and correct. That's
2: exactly what the Red Bulls and that's exactly what the Red Bulls have uh, have done. They've been taking hits. Mm-hmm. So now it is a recovery. We'll see one thing for certain, Dan. We are going to see within the next week or two what's going to transpire. Either there's going to be another statement or a press conference or something where the heads of the club um, have a heart to heart with us guys in the media or worse, silence. I'm hoping it's the former and not the latter. And I'll end it at that note.
0: Exactly. And before I go, you know, um, not only do I consider you a colleague, I consider you a friend. And um, same. What happened to you? And what happened to you uh, on the subway while you were on your way to do uh, work? I'm still trying uh, to figure out who that guy was. <laughs> exactly. I
2: no idea what that guy was.
0: No, he just came out I, of the he, blue. He just came out of the blue and he just let you have it for no reason. It's not like look, yeah, you know, we're doing our jobs to make sure that you know I don't work for the club, the people, son. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You don't work for we don't work for the club. We cover the club. We we write the news. We are allowed the opportunity to pass off the information, to inform the fans, the supporters of what is going on a, with the team. And it's a
2: privilege. Yeah. It's, it's, a,
0: it's privilege. a privilege. Exactly. You know it, I know it. Mark Fishkin knows it. Uh, even some of the newer people – well, for me, it's newer people because I don't recognize half the people now there now because like mostly mm. the old geezers are gone. <laughs> and now oh, yeah, I'll old be involved are gone. in Some that of us have picked up the torch, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I have. have. I'll wait, uh, and I'll raise my hand too. No, you're still a rookie. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, I was I was angry, I was appalled, and I was upset. That you were thrown into this for no reason, and of course, I did what any good and friend that was would the, do. And this
2: was just, and that was just the start of the week. I was like, okay, how? I knew at that moment. That's said, Oh boy, this is going to be a yes. this is going to be fun. And and, oh, and yeah. for things to end off on a, on that on that Saturday with. Struber with the slip of the lip. Um, Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it was, I I said to myself, perfect. Just perfect. (laughs) Yep. How did I get myself involved in this? Uh, I I have no idea. I I know. That's
0: that's why it's called He Came Out of Left Field.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Dan, it's always uh, an,
2: an honor and a privilege to be on the show as always. I'm um, hoping to return the, you know, return the favor, of course, down the road on our little podcast, but uh, of course, can you ever hear me on the New York Red Bulls discussion group, the podcast, you can catch us um, literally on, um, on YouTube. Um, you can also, if you missed the live show, you can also catch us, of course, on Spotify where you can get the latest episode and all the past episodes for your listening and watching pleasure. Sir, Absolutely. an honor and a pleasure. Hope to see you down the um in in the um the press box down the road. We'll talk soon. We'll see what happens next.
0: Well, I'll see you on Zoom on Thursday. That's for sure.
2: But I'll catch you that's I'll sure.
0: catch you in the press room again soon. Thanks a lot, Gary, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot.
2: Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Gary Redman, my colleague at Red Bull News Network, also the Podcast host of the New York Rebels Discussion Group as well as the New York Rebels Discussion Group page on Facebook. And some news to pass along as well. Uh, you can now pick up the 40 Fire American Soccer Show, not just on Apple Podcasts, not just on Feedspot, but you can also pick me up on uh, Pandora and Stitcher. So wherever you get your podcasts when you want to listen in, uh, whether you click on this link at blogtalkradio.com forward slash 4 fire, you can also grab this show once again, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Feedspot, and Stitcher. I want to thank my guests tonight, the owner of Club De Leon, Fabian Porain, and my Rebel News Network colleague, Gary Redmond. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Don't forget tomorrow night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific, the United States taking on Mexico. That will be seen live on TBS as well as HBO Max app. And there will be post-match at midnight Eastern, 9 o'clock Pacific. And then on Friday, the fourth episode of the 2023 season of the MPSL Soccer Show. Thank you very, very much for listening to me tonight. Take care so long, and bye-bye for now.